Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. March is National Women's History Month. It is a special time to highlight contributions of women in history. Today, I want to honor one of my feminine heroes, Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale made the world a better place. She almost single-handedly transformed healthcare during her lifetime and elevated nursing into an honorable profession. Florence was born in 1820, so let's put that into perspective for a minute. She was born just three years after Jane Austen passed away. So if you're familiar with Jane Austen's books, then you have an idea what English culture was like at that time. Those who were wealthy and in society enjoyed traveling and hosting elaborate parties. Young women had one objective in life, and that was to make an eligible match with a wealthy young man so that they could continue to live the life that they were accustomed to. Florence's father was William Nightingale. He inherited his estate called Leah Hurst in Derbyshire. He also owned another estate in Hampshire called Embley Park. He had an income of 8,000 pounds a year. So, to think of it in terms of pride and prejudice, Mr. Bingley had a fortune of 5,000 a year, and Mr. Darcy had a fortune of 10,000 a year. So Mr. Nightingale was somewhere in between Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy, but leaning closer to the Mr. Darcy side of the scale. So, in terms of wealth and station, this is the world in which little Florence was born. And she was expected to be like one of the ladies in Jane Austen's novels, Miss Bingley, Miss Darcy, or one of the Miss Bennets. Now, before Mr. and Mrs. Nightingale had any children, they decided to travel for a couple of years. So even though Florence is very English, she was not born in England. The Nightingales spent a lot of time in Italy. They stayed in Naples for a while, and their first daughter was born there. The ancient name for Naples was Parthenope, and they decided to name their daughter Parthenope after the place where she was born. Also, Parthenope means fair young maiden in Greek, so they thought that was a suitable name for a young lady. Then they traveled to Florence for a while, where they had their second daughter. Following the pattern they established with their eldest, they also named this daughter after the place where she was born. And that is how Florence Nightingale got her name. Eventually, Mr. and Mrs. Nightingale and their two young daughters returned to their estate in England. Florence and Parthenope grew up in comfort. They were educated by a governess, as all young ladies should be. Their parents, of course, expected their daughters to enter society and make eligible matches with rich young men. But that wasn't what Florence had in mind for herself. She wasn't happy in society life. She didn't like parties. She thought they were boring and frivolous. She preferred to stay in her room and read or study. She often walked to the village to visit the poor people who lived near her home, and she would care for the sick. She noticed the disparity between the wealthy and the poor, and it really bothered her. She didn't like to see anyone be cold or hungry or suffering. People kept telling her to put it out of her mind because there was nothing she could do about it, 
but she just couldn't. She wanted to know what she could do to make things better. One day when she was walking in the garden at Embley Park, she had a strange feeling. She felt that God was telling her to do his work and care for sick people and make them better. And she embraced that calling with all her heart. She tried to explain her desires to her father. She didn't want to waste her life on things she considered to be silly. She wanted to do something worth doing. Her father was sympathetic, but he was also realistic. He said, what can you do? You're only one person and a girl besides. Someday you'll get married and have a home of your own. But for now, just try to please your mother and your sister. It was then that Florence shared with her father that she didn't want to get married and settle down. She wanted to be a nurse. Now, in this day and age, most fathers would be proud that their daughter wanted to serve in this honored profession. But back then, it wasn't an honored profession. That job was for the lowest of the low. Only lazy, dishonest people wanted to be nurses, and hospitals were dirty, nasty things. The wealthy never went to hospitals. They had doctors come to them. Only poor people went to hospitals. They were on par with things like workhouses or orphanages. They were a horrible place to be. So when Florence announced that she wanted to be a nurse, Mr. Nightingale was so shocked that he couldn't say a word. And when Mrs. Nightingale found out, she fainted and had to stay in bed for a week. Mr. and Mrs. Nightingale knew they needed to do something to get these horrible ideas out of her head. They thought that a distraction would help, so they asked her aunt and uncle to take her on a trip through Europe. Florence went, but she was very unhappy. In fact, she was so quiet that her aunt and uncle became worried. Isn't there anything you want to see in the countries we visit? They asked. Yes, Florence answered. I want to visit the hospitals and other places that take care of sick people. At first, her aunt and uncle thought she was joking. But when they realized that she was serious, they decided to take her to the places that she wanted to see. In Paris, she watched the surgeons at work. In Rome, she talked with Catholic nuns. Wherever she went, she took careful notes. She had lots of ideas, but no one wanted to listen to her. She felt very lonely a lot of the time. Florence's parents hoped the European tour would cure Florence of her crazy ideas, but it didn't. When she returned, she asked if she could go back to Germany. She had seen a wonderful hospital there that really impressed her. She saw that the women who worked there were kind and good, and that is where she wanted to get her training as a nurse. Her parents reluctantly agreed that she could go for three months. She loved it. She'd never been so happy in her life. She worked like crazy, and the hospital director said she was the best nurse he had ever seen. Then the three months were over, and it was time for Florence to go home to England again. Her parents thought, oh, please let this be over. They hoped that if she got it out of her system, then she could settle down and get married. But that's not what happened. 
She had a friend named Sidney Herbert who worked for the English government. He knew how much Florence wanted to be a nurse, and one day he wrote her a letter. We are making a hospital in London for women who have no place to go and no one to take care of them. We need someone to take charge when it is finished. Will you come and help us? Florence was thrilled. At last, someone was taking her seriously and wanted to listen to her ideas. Her ideas were revolutionary for England at the time. She said that patients must be clean and comfortable. Their rooms must be clean. She said that sunshine and fresh air are important for healing and that their food must look good and taste good and it must be good for them. She said that nurses should be kind, cheerful, gentle, and quiet because noises sound louder when people are sick. Florence got to try out all of her revolutionary ideas at the new hospital, and they worked wonders. Soon, people were talking about this new hospital, and even her parents and her sister were proud of her. Sidney Herbert was also very pleased. He said, I wish every hospital in England would use your ideas. Think of the lives it would save. How can we get them to change? Florence replied that the hospitals couldn't change until they had good nurses. What they needed next was to create a nursing school. So they got started. But before they were able to finish, they had to put their plans on hold because England went to war with Russia. Thousands of English soldiers left to fight in the Crimea. War is brutal. And the British soldiers were dying from battle, from infections, and from diseases. Right away, Florence wanted to go help them. She wrote a letter to her friend, Sidney Herbert. Ironically, at the same time, Sidney Herbert was writing a letter to her, and their letters actually crossed in the mail. He was now serving as a secretary of war, and he knew that the soldiers needed help, and he knew that Florence was the woman for the job. He asked her to gather nurses and travel to the Crimea to work in the army hospitals there. Now, Sidney Herbert knew what Florence could do, but the soldiers running the hospital in the Crimea did not. In fact, when Florence and 38 nurses showed up at the hospital, the army doctors were furious. Remember, this is Pride and Prejudice kind of times, and ladies were taught to be frail and helpless. Remember that Florence's mother had fainted and had to stay in bed for a week just because she heard the shocking news that Florence wanted to be a nurse. The army doctors thought, we are at war here. We can't be worrying about the comfort of young ladies. This is not a party or a game. This is war. And they were pretty rude about it. But Florence stayed calm and said, We came because we want to help you. But we will only help you if you want us to. We are good nurses. When you are ready, we will show you how hard we can work. The nurses were horrified by the conditions of the hospital. It was dirty. There weren't any beds. The wounded soldiers were lying on the hard, dirty floor. Florence and her nurses immediately got to work. They said, we can't help the doctors until they ask us, but we can make mattresses, we can clean, and we can make good food. They did the best they could, 
but their hearts were heavy because they knew that they could do so much more if the doctors would allow them to help. Then a terrible battle took place. So many wounded soldiers came to the hospital that the doctors were working day and night. At last, they asked Florence for help. When the doctors saw how hard these nurses worked, they were sorry that they had waited so long. The nurses were incredible. The care that the soldiers were given was better than anything that they'd experienced before, and it showed in their recovery rates. All of the nurses were amazing, but Florence worked the hardest of them all. She was the first one up in the morning and the last one to go to bed at night. She carried a small lamp as she made her final rounds for the evening. The soldiers began calling her the Lady with the Lamp. The soldiers loved her. They wrote about her in their letters to their families. Soon, everyone in England was talking about the Lady with the Lamp. Florence became a national hero, and Queen Victoria wrote a letter to personally thank her for all she was doing. Remember that when Florence was young, she had told her father that she wanted to make the world a better place. She wanted to do something worth doing. And he gave her a very realistic response when he said, What can you do? You're only one person and a girl besides. Well, the answer is that she could do quite a lot. She was the inspiration for the creation of the Army Medical School. She helped improve health and sanitation in India. She established the Nightingale School for Nurses at St. Thomas's Hospital, the first school of its kind in the world. A few years later, she inaugurated training for midwives. Then she turned her attention to the reform of English workhouses. She wrote letters and talked to powerful people about improving army hospitals around the world. She helped plan cleaner cities. She inspired the founders of the Red Cross. She made nursing an honored profession. She gave advice to kings, queens, and foreign governments, and she was the first woman in England to receive the Order of Merit. She was only one person. What could she do? You're only one person. What can you do? In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Florence Nightingale. She said, Nursing is an art, and if it is to be made an art, it requires as exclusive devotion, as hard preparation, as any painter or sculptor's work, for what is having to do with canvas or cold marble compared to do with the living body, the temple of God's Spirit? See you next time on Linda's Corner.